everybody, and welcome to the Total Soccer Show. I am your host for today, Taylor Rockwell. Daryl Grove is not with me in studio. It is a chemotherapy day for Daryl, so he is uh, going to be gone for a couple days. He should be back Saturday evening for us to review the USMNT's matchup against Trinidad and Tobago in the Gold Cup group stage, uh, their second match, which is obviously the revenge match for 2017. Totally makes up for not going to the World Cup if we beat Trinidad and Tobago in the Gold Cup. Uh, so Daryl will be uh, reviewing that with me. We'll be reviewing it together as we are wont to do. Uh, but Daryl uh, being here means it's also slightly difficult to talk about the Women's World Cup games that have happened uh, today, uh, including the USA's victory over Sweden, their 2-0 win, which means they advance to the knockout round against Spain. Uh, Caitlin Murray should be with me tomorrow to help break down that game. Uh, we wanted to have her on tonight, but there's a six-hour time difference and she's on a deadline. It makes uh, kind of finding the time really difficult unless it's like after 3 a.m., which would be asking a bit much from Caitlin. So I do apologize for not having uh, any coverage of the women's national team on today's show. Again, that should be on tomorrow. But for now, we're going to be talking to American Soccer Now's Brian Sharetta. Uh, Brian has been on the show before, been on the show several times, uh, but is here to discuss a little bit about the USA's result against Guyana, the 4-0 win, what we should take away from that, um, but also a kind of more in-depth look at Tyler Boyd, since Brian has kind of been tracking him for a good long while now. We then look ahead to what Brian would like to see against Trinidad, and then I kind of quiz Brian, get his thoughts on some of the players in Europe who we think could get a move or could use a move. Young players like, say, the aforementioned Tyler Boyd, uh, but also Emmanuel Sabi, Chris Gloucester, uh, and even some more veteran players like, say, Bobby Wood. He could definitely use a move. Uh, so lots of good chat in there with Brian. Uh, that's coming up right now. Tomorrow should be our USA Sweden review with Caitlin Murray, uh, who is in France covering the team, has all that knowledge. But for now, we'll turn it over to Brian's knowledge about the men's national team. With me now, I've got American Soccer Now's Brian Sharetta. Brian, thank you very much for making your return to the Total Soccer Show. Oh, anytime. It's my pleasure. Yeah, so we got, we've got a lot going on. Uh, we've got the Women's World Cup, obviously. Uh, but for the purposes of today's show, we're going to be looking at the Gold Cup specifically. Uh, and maybe then some like Americans abroad, things like that. But that's where I wanted to start was with the Gold Cup. Uh, because uh, as you wrote uh, in your match recap on the 4-0 win, Guyana is a pretty weak team. We shouldn't read mm-hmm. maybe too much into that result. Uh, so I first want to ask you, I guess, more so about the performance itself. Uh, I'm assuming you were kind of in a, the same boat as me and Daryl and lots of other people where... You weren't like going to get overwhelmed by whatever happened in the Guyana game, but you also wanted to see something that kind of gave you confidence going forward. So what did you make of the overall performance? You know, yeah, it is tough to read. I, I, you know, you just, you're not going to know what they got from this game um, until they play the next game, unfortunately. I mean, if they come out and they, if it matters to them just playing for the sum of their parts, they don't even have to be excellent right now. Um uh, you know, they did to be able to reverse the trend of those uh, really ugly friendlies mm-hmm. before the Gold Cup. You know, they need some kind of confidence. I mean, if they just play an average game like they should on paper, you know, not even excel, but just however these players, you know, just deliver average performances, they should win games like you know Jamaica and stuff. But um, uh, you know, they didn't do that, and it looked like something was seriously wrong. Um, so the best they could do is hopefully get confidence that they can do that. And, um, you know, you don't know if they got that confidence uh, unless until they, you know, play uh, better teams, unfortunately. So uh, obviously it didn't hurt. That's the short answer. But, you know, in terms of what the, what the, what the, uh, if there's anything positive, but if they come out and play really well um, from here on in, then you could say, wow, well, maybe the, the Guiana game, you know, gave them a little bit of momentum. Mm-hmm. I would say one player who definitely had a, a, a strong showing is probably feeling fairly confident would be Tyler Boyd. Uh, I want to talk about his performance, but first I want to ask you about how we got to this point with Tyler Boyd. Uh, when did you first become aware of him as a player, maybe his eligibility for the U.S. national team? And do you think, to the best of your knowledge, was it before or after the U.S. Soccer Federation became aware of him? Yeah, I don't like to speculate on when like I find out about things before, you know, or my reporting gets players mm-hmm. on teams. Like people have been tweeting at me like that. Like that's really a question for U.S. soccer, um, uh, because in all fairness, they found some guys um, that bef- that I never even some really good players that I never even knew were American eligible. But they U.S. soccer was working behind the scenes the whole time uh, to get them on board and also to help sometimes with them getting a passport. Uh, Cameron Carter Vickers is one I didn't know about him until he appeared on a U.S. U18 roster, 
And it turns out they were working for a year to help him get his passport and get him in the camp. And he turned out to be really good. So, um, you know, it's not like they don't do their homework, but sometimes, uh, you know, you know, you wonder, um, you know, I, I was interviewing, I became aware of him. I've known about him being an American for quite some time, but, uh, I had a tough time really rating him as a player until he did a couple things for, uh, Vittorio Guminares. Um, and then he went on loan to Tondela, um, in Portugal's top flight. And I started to really, you know, say like, you know, started scoring some really, really good goals. Um, I reached out to him for an interview. And at the point he wasn't doing any interviews that touched about his eligibility. Um, because he, I think he just said, I wanted to focus on my club career. That kind of made me thinking like, yeah, he wanted to play for the U S but he didn't want to close the door on New Zealand or get anyone too upset. He just wanted to plug away. Um, and then he scored, started scoring some wonder goals for them towards the end of like about April of 2018. Um, and they were saying, well, you know, be patient with the interview. You know, he was saying, be patient with the interview. Uh, uh, when the time's right, we'll do it. And then I guess really in December, you know, he actually, I and mean, the reps actually reached out to me and wanted to do an interview discussing his eligibility. And uh, I was excited about it. And uh, did a, but this time he was still not on loan in Turkey. But I did the interview. He just won an award, as you know, for Victoria Guminares as like best newcomer, um, for a breakout player for his loan that he had. And then obviously, you know, um, it turned out to be really good timing because he went on Portugal and went to Turkey from Portugal and started just tearing it up. And things started to move, you know, happen really fast for him. But um, that was the only time he spoke on that issue but until he spotted the switch. And then he did the next time we swear we'll speak again. All right. Well, and yeah, I mean, uh, what he's doing is 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 great. I mean, he's building off of like um, his great success that he had in Turkey. You know, he arrived in camp confident, um, very. You know, he's so so skilled on the ball um, with either foot. Um, not many players you find are that two footed. And, and he's so fast, um, you know, it's a, he brings a lot of, he addresses a lot of weaknesses and, and his kind of game can really help the U S team because he really stretches defenses and opens the door for other players. So you're going to see if, if he's on his game, you know, you'll, you'll start to see other players like Paul Ariel and Christian Pulisic, you know, and, and those kinds of players who are good on one on one V one and, Guys, you know, guys who like to run at players, um, you'll start to see those guys um, have more space to operate because, um, you know, the, their other guys are drifted further apart trying to contain uh, Tyler. And I think we saw a little bit of that because I found Paul Ariola played very well uh, against Gianna, too. Um, you may have already answered this, but I, I wanted to ask, given what you've seen from him, at, at least at club level so far, um, was that about the standard we should expect from Tyler Boyd when he's playing for the national team? Or do you think maybe it was a, a good or decent performance, but very much helped by a fairly weak opponent? I mean, it, it, it was helped by a weak opponent. There's no doubt about it. But, I mean, you know, he was scoring against um, and doing some really good things in Turkey. Um uh, uh, not just against like the bottom feeders of that league, but against like teams towards the top, um, uh, top five teams in Turkey. He was just lighting up when he was on, um, on his game. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's a matter of getting him the ball and it's a matter of other, uh, you know, other, but his team wasn't really good in Turkey too. So, which leads you to believe, you know, for him to be really good, like he can play against um, teams where, you know, opponents where his team doesn't necessarily have players that are superior to the other team. So that's good. I, I mean, I, I think, you know, he's capable of doing some very good things um, against some really good teams. Um, but, you know, of course with him, he's, you know, he's kind of a late bloomer and uh, you know, you've only seen like a half season of like really, really high level of play. And so maybe it's not, long enough to determine whether it's been like, you know, this is how he is, or he just had a really good second half of the season, but everything's trending in a really positive direction for him. Um, I do want to talk more about like uh, other players, but I'm going to stick with Tyler Boyd one more time. Uh, because as you mentioned, Ankara Guju, his Turkish club, not necessarily like 
like the wealthiest of teams, not like in that kind of like upper echelon of Turkish clubs, as you pointed mm-hmm. out. Uh, when I studied abroad in Ankara, they used my university's uh, soccer field as like their training facility on occasion, which maybe shows you yeah. compare that with Galatasaray, Fenerbahce, Besiktas, who all have state of the art facilities and then state of the art stadiums as well. Um, so there have been links that maybe he ends up at one of those bigger Turkish clubs. Mm-hmm. If you had to guess, do you think he ends up playing back in Portugal next season, or do you? think maybe his future is maybe closer to Istanbul I mean I think he's I think anything's possible at the point at the moment um you know but I think you know he impressed so many eyes in Turkey that you know they're going to be the clubs most attracted to him um and wanting to sign him uh I think that the reports um what I understand the, the, the report that Fenerbahce have put in a pretty substantial bid uh, for him. I believe that to be legitimate um, and believable. Uh, so, you know, but whether or not someone else comes in or if, 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 if other teams uh, are able to come in as well um, over him, you know, over Fenerbahce, you know, that remains to be seen. I think Vittoria Guminares would, would probably be willing to sell, but it's a question of whether or not, like, they, th- I mean, because, his contract's only for another year, so they pretty much have to sell him now or else they're going to lose him for free if he doesn't resign. So that that can't happen. So, it's, so it looks like he'll be on the move, um, and it's going to come down to who has who's willing to uh, come in for the biggest bids. Uh, I don't know of any other, like, U- European leagues outside of Turkey that are, that are in, in, interested in him at the moment. I mean, not to say that it's not happening. I just don't know about it. Um, but that could be like the uh, the curveball in the whole equation. But I mean, I think there's some really good, impressive offers coming in for him um, within Turkey. Um, and I, I, you have to think that they're the favorites at the moment, but not a done deal. All right. Well, well, we'll get back to maybe some other players who might be on the move this summer, or who getting your opinion on whether mm-hmm. or not you think they will be, or you think they should be. But sure. uh, turning to the U.S. Uh, uh, men's national team again for a moment, were there any other players against Guyana that you thought uh, stood out either in a particularly positive way or a particularly negative way? I mean, no one really, um, you know, dropped the ball negatively. Um, you know, I think. Uh, some people didn't elevate them, their games as much as they could have. Um, some people just, uh, you know, they might have played down to the level of their opponent, not entirely, but a little bit. I think um, Paul Ariola played well. Um, he's the kind of guy, I think, when the game, when he gets a little bit of space. And I always like Paul Ariola as a player. I mean, because he does a lot of things that, like, you know, that don't get recognized. He plays a lot of gritty defense. He can, you know, when Berhalter wants a disruptive uh, team that can force turnovers and win balls, like, he does those little things, um, you know, and uh, he's not fast, but he's pretty quick. And I think he could, you know, he, he benef- he's the guy who stands a lot to benefit with having another winger who's really good um, and explosive. So, I, you know, I, I think Paul Real, I think Walker Zimmerman did really well, too. Um, uh, not necessarily defensively, because he wasn't, they're not really challenged much defensively against Guyana, but I, I liked his passing out of the back. Um I thought that was pretty accurate. He was able to get forward and, and, and play the ball forward and into dangerous areas out of the back line, particularly in the second half. And, you know, the rest is just guys you just want to, um, you know, withhold judgment for against a you know, stronger competition. But, you know, Ariel and Zimmerman, I think, are guys that, that should have uh, left um, the performance with their heads held high. And then, uh, you know, as Twitter is wont to do, there was obviously some criticism of the national team, uh, like a few key players standing out. Uh, Jesse Zardes, Michael Bradley, Will Trapp, I would say, even uh, got some negativity. Of those three, or of maybe of any other players that you think tend to get negative attention, who do you think is the most important to this national team right now? Uh, you know, I, I think, um, I mean, it's, what do you say, Zardes, uh, Bradley, and Trapp? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I still think... Um, it depends on what, you know, if all these guys are asked, you know, for certain roles, like, you know, if they can live up to the role or if they're given something that's not their strength to do, you know, it becomes a little tough on them. Like, you know, uh, I, I think Michael Bradley's still the best. I mean, he had a really nice assist in that game where he was able um, to drop the ball really on a dime. I, I think he could pass well. Um, and he probably plays a little bit better defense I know he plays better defense than Will Trapp, which 
you know, um, you know, there's a guy who like, you know, you can criticize him, but like, he shouldn't be expected to be like that destroyer number six. And when teams kind of, you know, um, are able to move through the middle of the field when he's on there, that's, that's on the coach, not the player, because like, <laughs> Will Trapp is not that great of a defender. He's, he's, he should be in there when there's, if you're asking someone to come in and break the game open with long passing, um, and a big passing range, cause that's what the game requires. You know, that Will's going to do really well. But, um, you know, Bradley probably has a little bit more multi-dimension, you know, more, di- more dimensions, um, to his game. And Zardes, you know, I, I don't think is a starter when Josie's healthy. Um, uh, but, you know, Bradley probably is at this moment. Um, all depending on whether or not Tyler Adams gets back into the center of the midfield. But, um, you know, uh, I think that, uh, you know, Bradley still has a lot of the big game experience there. Um, you know, it wasn't good in 2017, but, you know, he had a lot of big game experience before then. So, you know, um, at least in the short term, he's, he's not aged out of the team yet. I still think he's capable of doing some good things. When the roster was announced, there was uh, obviously some consternation about Giassi Azardes being included, uh, Jeff Sargent being excluded uh, from the Gold Cup, at least. Where were you on that sort of like debate, or where are you in terms of, should? do you think it should be Josh Sargent? Do you think he's ready to go, or do you think it probably will continue to be Giassi Azardes for the time being? Obviously, for the Gold Cup, it will be, but I guess I'm wondering, when that announcement was made, what were your feelings on it? Well, I thought Joe, I thought we were talking about like, you know, the backup forward, you know, it's like, I mean, you can't get too worked up about backups and, and on top of it too, like, you know, the, the, the day the U S national team is going to be in a better standing at least amongst its fans is going to be when like, you know, they don't have to rely on teenagers who rarely play for their clubs, you know, and then you have to kind of make like a judgment call shooting from the hip, um, uh, you know, in terms of how these players are and whether or not they're 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 good enough to you know to handle um, the international game. Because I mean, Josh, you know, ever since the Bundesliga resumed from the winter from the winter break, I, I don't think he played 150 minutes mm-hmm. um, with this with with Werder Bremen. And 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 what made it not really good for him is like he wasn't even playing with the reserve team. Or he's playing very little with like their U19 or reserve team because he was so busy with you know he's sitting on the bench for the first team so you know it, he wasn't really playing at all um, and uh, that you know that, that, and when games are coming in quick succession like they are in tournaments um, it becomes even more of a test on endurance and, and and not playing and having to go into a tournament type atmosphere is always a little bit more tough um, to deal with I mean I I think Josh. He's really, really good, and I think he will be a starter for this national team. Uh, you know, and 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 I'm not as down on Giassi's art as everybody is. Like, I mean, I, yes, I see the bad first touches and everything like that too. But you know, he can get himself in a dangerous position and do some things. I mean, uh, we were if you watch the Copa America you know, in 2016, you know, pretty much won the Paraguay game uh, with, with that play um, to assist Dempsey. It was, it was a great play. So you can do good things. It's just, you know, yeah, you wish there were people better, but you also wish that, that the people who knock guys out are you know, the guys who are going to be playing regularly. So it's not, the, you know, such a debated thing. And it really sets the fans back when, like, we have to make these kind of judgment calls. And the U.S. soccer has been doing it too much over the past several years, is relying on these kind of players. It's, um, let their, I, I like it when the time comes, you know, and, and, and then they're regularly starting, and then there's no debate about it. But, Josh wasn't in the best situation either. Um, he's got a lot of natural talent, but whether I'm skeptical whether it would have been able to fit into a tournament-like atmosphere. Hey, folks. Much more still to come from my conversation with Brian Sharetta. But first, I wanted to take a moment to talk about today's sponsor. And to do that, I wanted to talk to my friend Daryl Grove. Hello, Daryl. Hello. Do I have to do this? You do. You're here. <laughs> I brought you in on your off day. You, I, I tore you away from chemotherapy <laughs> to be here to do some ad reads the with me. The nurses were very upset. They, they were confused. I actually drove into the building with my car. It's a whole thing. You can probably <laughs> see it on the news. 
Uh, and Daryl's here now, so thanks for making that <laughs> sacrifice, buddy. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I'll, I'm here till the police come and get you. You are, because today's sponsor is a new one. Hopefully they don't come too soon. Yeah. Uh, it's a new one, but it's one, I'm going to be totally honest, makes me slightly uncomfortable to talk about, which is okay. why I'm happy my buddy's here to talk to me <laughs> about it with it. It's Manscaped. Uh, Manscaped, the number one men's below-the-belt grooming uh, who offer precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Yeah, so I think what we're going with here is mm-hmm. it's a good product. It is. It's an uncomfortable subject. It's an uncomfortable yeah. subject, yes. Um, because basically... It could be an uncomfortable area if you do it wrong. This is very true, yeah. which I is... Guess Manscaped is meant to guarantee that you don't do it wrong. There it is. Uh, yes, they basically redesigned uh, the electric trimmer, their lawnmower 2.0, their 2.0. I like the name. Upgrade. Yeah. Uh, has proprietary skin-safe technology, so it is uh, streamlined and won't get caught or tangled or snagged or anything like that. Yes, that's. Mm-hmm. I'm already uncomfortable. Even Me ima- too. Even imagining it. <laughs> 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 yes, and then they also have uh, additional products, which uh, I, I enjoy, like uh, the Crop Preserver, which is anti-chafing. It's deodorizer, moisturizer. For down there? Which I think, for down there, which I think this is where, I talked to my wife about this, because when we found out Manscaped was going to be an advertiser, I was sort of like, yeah, I don't know, like, it's not really a product that's, like, necessarily, uh, like, up my alley. Uh, and she was like, yeah, but, like, it's great, like, because men don't talk about this stuff. It's not yeah, yeah. really a thing that, like, is ever really openly discussed. Yeah. Women talk about it, men don't. Men no, should talk about no, it. No, Company's going to force you to talk about it on an ad. Indeed, <laughs> indeed. Uh, Maybe men will start talking about it in in sort of real life as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think we'll, they should. We'll break the we'll break the final barrier. The, yes, <laughs> we will. And it's a it's an area that you need to take care of for yeah. a variety of reasons. Yeah, and you don't want to break any barriers. You certainly don't. Yeah, and that's why they've got uh, they've got the trimmer. They've got uh, razors that are like like specially made safe to be razors, safe right? and secure. Exactly. Yeah. We've looked at this right. They've sent mm-hmm. us the products, and I've I've taken a look at the razor. You have. You've taken a look at it. That's as far as you're willing to go, right? now daryl's gonna use the razor on air right now daryl let's see how it goes i've taken you away from chemo and made you even more uncomfortable but no they've got uh cleanser reviver preserver so you can deodorize moisturize take care of it down there just make it a more pleasant area overall and that's what we're all going for you can also get 20 percent mm-hmm. off and free shipping with the tss discount code mm-hmm. so they 20 percent off and free shipping the code is TSS, that which is sense. used at manscaped.com. So you go to manscaped.com, mm-hmm. you select a product that you would like, such as the Lawnmower 2.0. Yep. Then you enter the code. Not T- 1.0. Not 1.0. Don't get that one. Get the 2.0. Uh, TSS for 20% off. Always use the right tools for the job. There we are. Thank you very much to Manscaped for sponsoring today's episode. Oh, I forgot to add, there's a free travel bag as well. So you get free shipping with the code. You left off the get, travel bag. You get the free travel bag, which we've also taken a You look know what? At, go right? back to the hospital. If you're going to leave off travel bags. <laughs> I, I want to go back to the hospital. All right. In a minute. Maybe 20 minutes. Because first, uh, we're going to answer a listener question. This one comes yes. from uh, Lewis Kaz Tidrick. Yes. Uh, what does Lewis Kaz Tidrick ask? All right, Lewis asks, mm-hmm. which three U.S. players that haven't made their senior team debut would you call up first for the CONCACAF Nations League games this fall if you were in charge? All right. So if you don't know, CONCACAF Nations League, we mm-hmm. are playing Cuba and Canada, home and away both. Um, those games are in October and November. There's also some September friendlies that we'll play. I'm not sure they're scheduled yet. Mm-hmm. I'm stalling because I have too many answers to this. And Do I don't, you really? I don't know who. All right, well, then why don't, I, why don't I go first? Okay. And, uh, so, uncapped players, right? Players, yes. So, this means Tim Ware, Josh Sargent, even Dwayne Holmes. Those aren't the guys we I mean, can even call Jackson Yule. He's got the one. So, Jackson Yule is out. There yeah. you go. Yes. Um, so, I'm going to start off controversial. I'm going to say, like, we should use it. If if I'm going to take this question the way I choose to take it, which is to use <laughs> it as an opportunity to get people in that I want to see, that I think could fill positions of need, but also maybe talk, take some shots and see what happens. I want to call in Efren Alvarez. That's one that's on my list right there. Right. 17 years old, eligible to play for the United States, did once play for the U.S. at youth level, now plays for Mexico at youth level, uh, has been tearing it up uh, for Los Dos, then uh, for the Galaxy has been getting minutes, and I want to see if maybe throw him, yeah, exactly, throw him that senior national team call up and just say like, hey, we want you in this team. We want you part of this program yeah. and see what happens because you get a good player in who could potentially be a star performer for the United States down the road, mm-hmm. but you also stick it to Mexico a little bit because you take <laughs> one of their prize jewels. Is that what you want about? Yes. Yeah. Um, all Not right, family so... jewels, but prize jewels. <laughs> you also have mm-hmm. um, Efren Alvarez's former teammate, yep. Alex Mendez and Yudoshi Yep. I would argue that right now it's way too early to call them into the senior national team 
but it kind of depends what happens at the start of the next Bundesliga season, mm-hmm. right? So they're with, what, Wolfsburg and Freiburg? If by some miracle they're in the first team or getting first team minutes, I'd be thinking about calling those guys up because I've been really impressed by the performances at under 20, mm-hmm. but they're not my choices just yet. All right. I just sort of felt the opportunity to, to Fair enough. them. All right, the actual first choice on this list is a centre-back who's been playing magnificently for Atlanta United. Oh, okay. His name is Miles Robinson. Right. I would get Miles Robinson in there. I think he is a, a centre-back that kind of fits the system. He's really like, smooth on the ball. He's good at uh, breaking the lines. Obviously, also just a good defender. There's a lot of Remember the Monterey game? Mm-hmm. They eventually lost over two legs in the CONCACAF Champions League. But Robinson was brilliant at like, taking sort of one-on-one battles and winning them against Monterey's attackers. I really like that shout. I kind of forgot that he had not yet been capped. So. Right? Yeah. Good point I, I think there. he's going to be playing maybe some U23s. He's mm-hmm. going to be part of the Olympic qualifying cycle because he's in that age range. But I'd love to get him uh, called up and uh, take a look at him for the, the senior national team in the Nations League. He could handle Cuba. I think he probably could. <laughs> we also we had similar ideas here because I also looked at center backs. Uh, there are two who I, I had on my list. One is Chris Richards, who obviously did very well at this past yeah. year's World Cup, uh, but has not yet played for Bayern Munich, obviously, but has also not really like necessarily even settled in with them yet. He, yep. he moved there in, I think, officially January of yep. last year. so Played a bunch wanna, of U19 games. Or this year, I guess. Yes, yeah. exactly. So I want to see him get some more minutes. I also maybe want to move away a little bit, aside from Efren Alvarez, where we're sticking it to a Cockcap <laughs> rival. I want to move away from like just giving call-ups to exciting players to see what yeah, they can do. Especially if they haven't played any senior football mm. yet. But I really like Chris Richards, and I'm really excited for him to be part of the national team one day. So you call him up or just giving him a shout? I'm, I'm just saying, like, hey, you're doing great. Keep yeah, it going. Yeah. But instead, some the center back I'm going for, exactly. The center back I'm going for is Austin Trusty, who has never oh. been capped at senior level. 20-year-old center back for the Philadelphia Union has been playing consistent professional minutes since, I believe, 2016. And has become what? a very, exactly, has become a very reliable performer for the Philadelphia Union. Some of those minutes were with uh, Bethlehem Steel. Okay. Uh, but for the Philadelphia Union, he is an anchor in that back line. He organizes, he helps younger center backs like Mark McKinsey uh, if the situation requires. And I think he could be a very exciting prospect for the U.S. as a centre-back. You know what's going to happen? Mm. Uh, both our choices, Robinson and Trusty, they'll probably be the starting centre-backs for the U23s in Olympic qualifying. And we'll high-five. And, and they won't be available in the fall. And then I'll be sad. Yeah. <laughs> I, we're, we're, much in the same way that I broke you out of the hospital, I'll go break them out too. <laughs> Are you going to break me back in afterwards, by the way? Yeah, we'll see how it goes. All right. Um, I would it, it depends on if the police show up before then. This one's not serious, but it's kind of serious. I would call up <laughs> Stefan Fry. Because then finally Seattle fans would stop tweeting at us saying, why isn't Stefan Fry in the U.S. national team? And our friend Kale would lose her mind as well. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I wouldn't really call him Stefan okay. Fry. Uh, but he is uncapped. Um, Forgot pa- about that. Paxton Pomacal. Yep. Paxton Pomacal, I think, is kind of ready for that next step. We saw him lights out at the U20. Lights out in Major League Soccer. Like, so, you know, a bunch of players who, you know, Roldan, um, Leggett when he played, yeah. uh, Georgi Mihailovic, a lot of guys are in the senior national team based on their performances in Major League Soccer. Paxton Pomakel deserves that honour as well. I would even argue that maybe if he hadn't been so key to the U20s in May, he might have been able to get a look or be on the fringes of the national team um, already. All right. I yeah. think I disagree, though. Okay, why is that? I don't really. He's my third player. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have Paxton Pomakel for the exact reasons you mentioned. And also because I think in looking at uh, the United States, what we've seen from them recently and so far in the Gold Cup, we're recording this Wednesday evening, um, I, I feel like he could be a player who comes in Obviously, is is young on the younger side, on the smaller side right now. But I think could come in, battle, show that fight, show that determination, and kind of just bring back a little bit of that, uh, like I don't know, tenacity to the national yep. team that maybe we've been missing a little bit. The spot I would play him is the uh, the Weston McKenney like, right, so it's right attacking mid number ten. But when we drop back into the four four two, he's one of the two mm-hmm. midfielders. Um, the backup for that right now is Christian Roldan, and I think we talked about on the last show that we've not been impressed with Roldan's performances. I think Pomacal brings something a little bit extra on both sides of the. I think he'd be an upgrade right now um, on Christian Roldan, with all due respect. I mean, we talked about it on a review show, so I will not disagree. But I will say that those were kind of my four that I had, including Chris Richards. So I turn it back over to you for you to finish it out. Um, I'm not fully confident in this because he's never played top flight football just yet. But Sergino Dest is the guy that I'd be really interested in seeing play for the senior national team just to see how well he does. Before I decided with Efren Alvarez, it was a toss up for me between Dest and Gloucester. Yeah. So Sergino Dest has played in the second tier in the Netherlands Mm -hmm. for young Ajax in the Eredivisie. By October, he might have been getting nibbles at first team mm-hmm. minutes. Um, even if he hasn't, I think he still played. It's not a great standard in the second tier of Dutch football, as I understand it, but he still played professional minutes, and there's definitely something there. And he's a dual national, right. so he is one that if you get in for the mm-hmm. Concacaf Nations, I assume this is part of the reason Lewis asked is if you're in for the Concacaf Nations League, you're cap tied because it's an official competition, right. right? There's no there's no switching after this, right? Um, so Sergino Dest, get him, yeah. 
20 minutes at right back in the CONCACAF Nations League against Cuba, then he's American for life. All right. He can't Amer- go and play for the Dutch. American for life. I enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess then, since you've done that one, I, I will add, I'll throw in Chris Gloucester just to say that one of the knocks against him going into the tournament was that he... The U20? Uh, the U20 uh, World Cup, yeah. Is that he wasn't as aggressive of an attacker. He wasn't as good going forward uh, like as that left wow, back in the left channel. That criticism disappeared in the tournament, right? It, it did, but I would also say that left back for the U.S. national team right now is not necessarily a position that does need to go bombing forward. Yeah. More so, like, more so that's the right back spot. I would also have concerns about, like, Dest, is he a right back? Is he a center midfielder? Is he attacking wide? Is he staying back? What does Berhalter want to do? I don't want it to look bad for him. He can do all the Nick Lehman things. It's true. He mm-hmm. really, really can. I think oh, it'd be really exciting to see him. In oh, there. yeah, that's not a knock, knock against him. I would just be sad if he came in and was like, wait, what am I doing now? Where am I going? So Chris Gloucester, I feel like, could be just kind of the stay-at-home left back, but obviously yeah. can attack if the situation necessitates. Now I've landed on this captain thing. Is there anyone else we need to captain? I don't know. You know, we should ask Brian Chiretta. Maybe he can find another Tyler Boyd out there. Well, yeah, probably. I feel like he's already on it, so that's good of him. Uh, I would also know He should be answering this question. Yeah, he should be. And maybe I'll ask him. I might ask him now. Because we're recording this before I've talked to him. So, yeah, probably. Um, I would add, though, here's like a big disclaimer, is that you and I, because uh, we are focused on the end of the European season, then we've been focused on the summer tournaments, I would be honest and say that you and I have not paid as much attention to Major League Soccer as we maybe have in seasons past at this point. Um, We plan to kind of change that once we get a little bit more free time. But I do wonder if there are players, because we've gone young players primarily in this one, uh, Stefan Fry being the obvious exception. I do wonder if there are some players out there who are like 24, 25, 26, who maybe haven't gotten looks, maybe did fall through the cracks a little bit and have shown themselves to be capable performers this season. So I welcome that feedback. But these are the ones that I feel most comfortable speaking honestly about. Do we welcome some tweets? Yeah, there's a lot of like negative tweets after the USA's 4-0 win mm-hmm. over Guyana. Maybe yeah. some positive tweets shouting out players that you think uh, maybe deserve a call-up in September, October, November mm-hmm. for the U.S. national team. I would enjoy they, that immensely. They don't necessarily have to play for the team you support because then we always look at that with a slightly like, hmm, I, because then you're, obviously it's your hometown I mean, they can. So they can, but w- when it becomes but that like can't be the reason they're why. clearly the best left back in the entire world because yeah, yeah. they play for my team, that's when maybe, yeah. maybe I don't agree so much. Like, I'm not arguing that Connor Cody should be the starting centre-back for England. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he should be. 100%. <laughs> Lock it but down. fans who really think that. Really? Yeah. In a four-four-two, even though he plays in a back three. Yeah. It's it's a whole thing. Your your people. It's are, a whole thing. Your people. You haven't smart. been on like Wolves Reddit and Wolves Twitter, have you? It's a whole it's a whole thing. Shock of all shocks. I have not. <laughs> I've just been busy uh, hate staring at the Man United Reddit page. Uh, we can talk about that later on. We can talk about the transfer window later on. But right now, we should talk about today's sponsor. Yes. Grip Six Belts. Grip Six Belts. Well, I don't know how long they've been sponsoring, but mm-hmm. I feel like it's a long time. They're an established. Total Soccer Show sponsor. They have, they, I believe, I can't remember if it was a tweet or an email. Uh, they tweeted or emailed us to uh, chastise me for only having one belt because on the last uh, read I was talking about how I, I lost mine and thus like my pants were consistently almost falling down because I refused to abandon the Group 6 belt even though I didn't know where it was. They were noting that they do have more for sale. <laughs> I could maybe take advantage of that if I so chose. Well, what type of belts do they have for sale at the Grip6.com website? The Grip6 ones. The, the Grip ones, six ones that don't have holes, no flaps. Yeah. You, it's basically the lightweight belt that uh you're are you allergic to nickel is that what it is see these are the things i stole your chart as well from the hospital so i know that uh that was attached to the bed when i wheeled you out um so i know that and i know that you don't have to worry about that because you've got the lightweight belts and then you've got the the uh the webbing that attaches to it so that basically it it bites down like badger teeth and never lets go yeah i think we've overcomplicated when we've described this Mm -hmm. in the past right but essentially the the webbing which is the the belt Mm -hmm. slides through the 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 designed buckle Mm -hmm. and just it grips on that's why it's called grip six because that thing grips and does not let go. Mm-hmm. Um, I have another question. Do you take my insurance? Uh, I mean, what, what do you mean? Look, if you're looking at my chart, you're not going to charge me, are you? I mean, I literally took your insurance card, <laughs> yes. That's what happens when you when you take the pants off with the Grip 6 belt attached, everything falls apart because now I have access to everything. <laughs> if it was still built it to you, this wouldn't be an option. <laughs> there are also mm-hmm. a selection of buckles. I've gone with the plain one because yep. it's kind of my style, right? Mm-hmm. It's no big logos. I like it nice and plain. But you can also get you get the American flag on there. You, you can. can get a salmon on there. You can get a bear on what there. What about if you're like a big fan of TSS? You could get the Total Soccer Show logo what? lasered onto the Grip 6 buckle. Mm-hmm. It's not an easy option on the website. You have to sort of request it. If you request it, they will make it happen. We can send them the we can send them the logo. I've got one. I actually gave one to my dad. Uh, yeah, and I've mm-hmm. got one for myself as well with the TSS logo on it. Uh, yeah. yeah, I forgot how to make that happen, which is why I threw it to you. But what I do know <laughs> is that they offer a comprehensive lifetime guarantee. Uh, the guarantee, the three A's are anytime, any condition, any where? 
reason. Oh. But yes, also anywhere. I'm sure they will accept them from anywhere. <laughs> um, yes. But yeah, any, anytime, any, any condition, any reason, do. any dream will do. <laughs> I don't know what that means. You know what? It's time to get you back to the hospital. I think it's from uh, the Technicolor Dreamcoat musical, <laughs> which I've never seen. I don't know why I know that. Now I feel like you might be medicated. Now yeah. I definitely think it's time to get Snaves, you back to the hospital. Snaves knows what I'm talking about. I have every confidence he does. But before we get you back, uh, we should talk about uh, a way that people could maybe get a Grip6 belt, but yeah. not have to pay full price. So actually, things have switched up a little bit. We always direct people to grip6.com slash TSS, which yeah. is a landing page. If you go there, then you can get 35% off. 35% off. That's more than a third. Um, any Grip6, uh, the, the big packs of mm-hmm. like three to six belts with a... Uh, with uh, three three webbings. Yep. Webbings? Webbing? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so you get 35% off. Webbings is. Webbings is. Mm-hmm. You get 35% off if you buy the big bumper pack. Like yeah. Spend more, save more, essentially. If you want to get the classic 20% off just the one belt, 20% off just the one belt, you just check out and use a discount code at checkout, and the checkout code is TSSXX. Mm-hmm. TSSXX. The Roman numerals for 20XX. There it is. TSSXX for 20% off at Grip6.com when you check out. It's all coming together. All right. Uh, So thank you to Grip6 for sponsoring today's episode. Thank you to Lewis uh, Kastidrick for the excellent question. Thank you to Manscaped as well for choosing to begin sponsoring the Total Soccer Show. Hopefully they continue to do so. And thank you to you, Daryl Grove, for allowing me to uh, hijack you from the hospital. Let's get you back there, I suppose. Yes, please. You mentioned uh, players who maybe we thought were going to be better or thought were going to be involved in there. And I do agree with you that I think when that roster was announced, I saw it as Sargent and Zardes, probably the backups to Altador. Okay, fine. I guess it's just going to be Zardes. But I think the thing that confuses at least me on a fairly continuous basis is I always had the expectation that Bobby Wood would be the one challenging Josie Altador for minutes, maybe eventually becoming the starter and Josie becoming the substitute. Mm -hmm. Instead, here we are, Bobby Wood, not even on the roster in a precarious position at club level. Um, so yeah. I guess you watch him, I'm assuming, a, a decent amount or more than I do probably. What do you think? I don't think, think anyone's watching Bobby. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, that's the problem. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess that's what I wanted to ask is, like, if you had to pinpoint a couple things, like, what has gone wrong for Bobby Wood that he finds himself in this situation? I mean, you know, you know, he was... You know, a lot of things. I mean, he didn't play well. He put himself into a bad situation where, you know, it was tough for forwards to play well. Um, you know, uh, you know, when you get on those relegated clubs, it's, it's really tough to, to um, uh, for a player like Bobby unless he's getting the ball a lot. And, you know, and when he did get the ball, he, he didn't play. He didn't do much with it. Um, so he wasn't clinical, which is, you know, Sometimes, you know, you can get forwards and score a lot of goals and they get, like, tons and tons of chances. Like, Bobby wasn't in the position to have that kind of a luxury. And, um, you know, he's better than his numbers lead on, but, like, his numbers are just pretty bad. And, and you know, look, when you go to a relegated cl- club that's really battling for relegation, like, you know, that that's kind of the duty and that, that, that comes with the territory of being a striker in those situations. So, you know, he didn't make the most of it, and he's getting paid a lot of money which is great for him in one respect, but it makes him like untouchable for another respect and other respects, because now it's going to be really tough to move him to like, you know, uh, a club that, you know, where he probably belongs to get his career back on track because those kind of clubs can't afford him. Um, so, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's now you got clubs that are trying to strong arm him out of like, you know, threatening him with reserve team match unless like he takes like a buyout and like, that's not good. He shouldn't do that. And he signed this contract, but like it's just a, it's a really ugly situation, um, for Bobby, and and um, you know, uh, it's not one where he can possibly even be in a good mindset right now. I mean, it's, uh, I mean, I don't know what's next for him because the the complications of his contract it really, really makes things tough. I mean, I think they're going to have to move him while also eating some of his contract, but then it's a question of how much and then who's still willing to take him on. Um, so I'm going to put you in a difficult position, given that you just said it's really difficult to figure out where he's going to go next. Removing the con- contract like, from the equation, is there one place that you think 
could do him good? Like, would you like to see him? He's been linked with a move to Major League Soccer. Do you think that would help with his uh, sort of confidence and getting him back into the rhythm? Do you want to see him go to a league like the Eredivisie where it, it tends to emphasize attack and maybe he gets better service, maybe he gets some goals? Is there a destination that you think would be better for him uh, than where he is right now, which is probably the worst place he could be in? Oh, I mean, Eredivisie is not going to work out because he doesn't have the EU passport. And, um, you know, he's not going to... No one's going to pay him the minimum salary in that league. Um, right. Forgot about uh, that. You know, yeah, I mean, you know, I in Major League Soccer, I can see, like, a, you know, it, it all depends on the team. I mean, if he goes to Colorado, like, he might just disappear, you know. But, you know, obviously, if, he, if he's, like, if he's playing for, like, a really good, like, you know, if he's playing for the Red Bulls, you know, and, and when Bradley Ray Phillips is out, like, yeah, that might work. Um, you know, it, it, it's like any other league. It depends on, it's a very club specific. I mean, I think he's had a lot of success in the, in the two Bundesliga. Um, that seemed to do really well for his confidence in the, in the past, but, you know, Union Berlin is now up in the, in the Bundesliga, you know, so, um, uh, it, it's, um, it's it's interesting to see what uh, um, what if that's team specific or if that's the league specific and what teams there are out there. Um, anything's on the table, really. Whatever works works. I mean, you know, he's not a young player anymore. It's not about development. It's really about confidence and and um, you know and, and, and you know the one thing about you know making move to major league soccer would be like you know like Seattle was interested because like Will Bruins now out. Um, for a long period of time, like you know, he would be getting balls from uh, Nicholas Ladero and uh, I mean some really good players, and and so maybe he could learn what it's like to put a team on his back again and uh, and carry them towards a title. Um, you know, that, that not much. That's great confidence. Yeah. So you know, uh, it's it's impossible to say right now. Uh, what who and then who's willing to also spend a lot on him. So you say it's impossible to say, but I'm just going to go ahead and, and say that Brian Shreda confirms that Bobby Wood will go to Seattle Sounders. So that's good to know. I'm glad we settled that. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, perfect. Um, I want to go back to the U.S. Uh, men's national team for a moment, though. They've got uh, Trinidad this weekend. Uh, maybe an opportunity to like uh, excise some demons, uh, get over the kind of loss in Cuba, I although I doubt it really makes up for that loss. It's uh, a really I, great storyline. I mean, I can sense that. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's been hitting this one hard. Yeah, so let's go ahead and hit it hard ourselves. Um, what would you like to see from this game? Would you like to see like just a big scoreline, or are you looking more to see the United States continue to kind of implement what Greg Berhalter is asking of them? Do you want to see a couple players perform well that maybe haven't so far? All of the above, I leave it to you, Brian. I want to see anger. I want to see right. like, passion and anger. You know, I mean, like, look. Diano was the first time the U.S. team played a non-friendly in 20 months. Like, yep. they should be they should be angry about that. Now they get a chance to play, maybe not against a lot of the same players, but like they should have a team that they should they should want to like uh, like go and rip their heads off. Like, I mean, just for lack of a better word, you know, it's just like they should want to go out there and just just pummel them. Um, and and you want like. And particularly if a guy like Josie or Michael is on the field, which is their legacy, you want to see them just go out there and just you know when the you know when a team is angry and and just mm-hmm. just wants it more than the other team. There's absolutely no way in this earth that Trinidad should want this game more than the United States. Like everyone should be sal- salivating over just like you know um, forget the style and tactics or whatever. Like you get the ball and you have a defender in front of you, just beat them, like make them look bad. And then just, and then just keep scoring. You know, it's just, it, it shouldn't even be about tactics at this point. I mean, that's the, 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 the talent is so mismatched right now. Mm-hmm. Like it's just, you know, just go out there and, you know, just use your talent and, and just win everything individually. If you have to, like just do whatever it takes just to make sure that look bad. That's what you want to see. You want to see another team just, just, you know, you just want to see the U S get angry about something right now. And that would, I mean, what, what more than that? That's that's really interesting because I think Daryl and I get like sort of obviously into like the the weeds when it comes to like should this ball have been well, played yeah, a second pass? Get into the weeds, yeah. Sure, but like I mean, at some point you just you, you know, I mean, when you start worrying about like tactical placement, like you know, in some of these Concacaf games where none of that stuff should matter, you should. It's all about just you know, yeah. it's all about just you know that might matter in like a real meaningful game where like you're evenly matched. And, you know, and you have to do some things here and there just to just to use use the best of your talent against a savvy opponent. Like, 
it shouldn't even come down to that. I mean, if the U.S. just wants it more than than they'll win, you know, it's it's so it's a matter of just you know not coming out timid or scared, but just knowing you're better and 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 doing it. I mean, it's the other everything else just you know it's kind of like getting lost in the sauce. I see. I like that. I do like that a lot, though, because I like the idea of instead of maybe drilling too deep into certain like nuances, first focusing on like did the United States fight for every ball? Did they knock Trinidad out, Trinidad off the ball? Did they embarrass them on yeah. a couple of occasions? Yeah, I'm down to keep track I mean, of that. I think that's a, that's a pretty I mean, do they solid need to way to invert do the wingers. You know, do they need to like you know does Paul Ariola need to move to the right and and Boyd to the left or vice versa? Like, it, and, yeah, fine, but like it really shouldn't matter. <laughs> Uh, so then, what what would you say going forward are your sort of expectations for this team uh, in terms of do you want like do you expect them to make it to the final? If they don't, is it a failure? If they don't win, is it a failure? Well, look, I think it's you know we all knew like the 2015 Gold Cup was still the worst Gold Cup imaginable. I mean, they lost at home to like Jamaica and then Panama in the third place. Uh, was it Panama? Yeah, uh, in the third place game. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, because like you know, and they never even played Mexico. They just they and they were getting outshot against like Haiti and Honduras, and I mean, you knew that like, and they only beat Cuba because like half the Cuban team defected into the night the day before. So like you know, um, you know, you knew that was a bad tournament, and and um, you know, look, losses happen. You know, ball ball bounces in a crazy way can affect the game. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think Concacaf is as strong as it was like for like maybe ten years ago or fifteen years ago. Like it, it, the U.S. should at least get to the Mex- you know, face Mexico in the final or or somewhere along the way, and then Mexico is the favorite right now. I think we all have to acknowledge that. And then you know, and then it's a matter of putting up a good fight and and putting themselves in a position to win. And uh, if it doesn't go their way, there's still ways you can say like you know, okay, they're trending in the right direction, but then there's ways where they could just get absolutely smoked and then barely squeak by a couple of teams and, uh, you know, get en route to getting smoked by Mexico and then realize that wasn't good at all. So it really comes down to how they're playing. There's a big thing of the eye test and, and uh, generating chances and not letting teams, like, you know, control the ball and um, in the middle of the field, which is what we saw Jamaica do in the uh, pre-Gold uh, Cup friendly Um yeah, so it's a matter of them also playing with passion and, you know, and just wanting it, you know, and, and not looking confused out there. So, you know, there's a big part of the eye test to determine whether or not they're going in the right direction more than the results. But, yeah, you want to see them at least um, get to a point where they're winning games they should and then and then giving it, you know, looking like they're hanging tough in games where maybe um, the other team is better, has more talent. So we'll see how it goes. But, you know, uh it's a it's a weird tournament, but the U.S. should at least be the second best team in this con- in this federation. And then moving past the Gold Cup, we've got Nations League coming up uh, near like later on in the year. We've got friendlies coming up. We had a question that Daryl and I uh, I I think answered on uh, the this show. Strangely enough, because we're we'll insert like a little like me and Daryl talking uh, into this one, or maybe people have already heard that at that point. This probably doesn't make much sense for you, Brian. So I apologize. But the question <laughs> was um, like what player who has not yet been capped do we want most want to see or who do we think will be uh kind of incorporated into the senior team like the soonest um at, like so not to put you on the spot because i know you probably don't know the number of caps off the top of your head but looking at say maybe the u20s uh, who just finished the world cup maybe some of the u23s in that olympic side who are some players there who you think are like at the point in their careers where you think they could handle playing for the senior national team yeah, I mean, unfortunately, I probably do know more about number of caps than I probably care to admit <laughs> with certain plays. Um, you know, uh, it's the my the answers I give are kind of a little, uh, you know, unfortunately because uh, I think that the federation is going to put a big emphasis on Olympic qualifying. Um, you know, so keeping that U twenty three team together and preparing um, for when qualifying is next year. We don't know the dates. I've heard someone mention March next year. Um, but whenever, uh, you know, the, you know, so for example, I think Paxton Pomacol would be a good guy to bring in because you know, he plays defensively well in the midfield. He can win turnovers and he's pretty good passing. And he does a lot of things I think could, you know, be attractive to um, a manager. 
uh, especially, you know, having to play guys like, you know, Pulisic and Tyler Boyd, getting the ball to those kind of players, you know, he could do really, really well. But I think he's probably best um, playing with the U23 team right now. Same thing with a guy like Jackson Ewell and stuff like that. Um, you know, so, you know, unfortunately, you know, that, that always kind of uh, um, makes it a little tough to answer. But absent any other youth games, I, I think uh, Pomacall is the guy who, you know, who's uncapped and probably looks like, you know, he could play um, – uh, you know, really well at that level, and you know, I'm happy though that uh, Dwayne Holmes is in the equation because he would have been the top if he wasn't if he wasn't involved with the team by this point. And and if the U.S. were to maybe like make one last go through a senior team call up to say Efren Alvarez, what do you think happens there? Do you think that ship has sailed, or do you think there's still a chance that maybe his head could be turned? No, I think I think his his head can be turned. Sure. Um, I mean, I, I don't like the idea of like enticing him. I know it's been floated around by some people, um, you know, offering him like a senior team call up just to get him to switch. I mean, that's it's like you know, even if the U.S. national team is not at a great place right now, it shouldn't be like dangling those kind of opportunities to 16-year-old kids who don't start for the you know LA Galaxy and um, they're U17 eligible. I mean, if they want to play for the U.S., they go play for the U.S. You know, it's not like they're not you know, in the mix or they don't know about him, you know, and Greg Berhalter has even talked about him. Um, but at this point, you know, it's, he even lives here and, and he's played for the U.S. And, um, if he wants to play on the U.S. team, he will. Um, but if he doesn't, I don't think you're ever going to get the best out of a player um, when his heart's not in it, you know, just because you enticed him with some, some something extraordinary that you would never offer him otherwise. If he wasn't a dual national, then, then you're dealing with like a, like a guy who's, probably in it for the wrong reasons and you'll never see the best of them when he does suit up. We've seen players like that who, you know, they have really good club careers and then they come into the U S national team and they don't necessarily look that great. And sometimes you wonder, well, you know, if their heart's in it, I mean, you speculate, you know, they'll, they'll always say the right things in interviews, but you know, um, you know, so I don't think, I, I think the next he's out of for the 17 cycle, but, I think that's a question more for the next for Chad Ramos if he's still with the USU twenty team for next cycle. So you're saying my plan to trick him into playing for the national team is maybe not the uh, the best idea? Well, I think I, I think that the, the idea is to make the US national team an attractive option to play with to play for. That's <laughs> what, what a novel I mean, idea. <laughs> yeah, I mean let's just go if you go out there and start beating teams, then then, then like everyone wants to play for you. It's it's like not be like really, really bad, and then like, then like try to say, here, join our, join our program. We'll, we'll put you on some kind of path. Then all you've just done is just annoy everybody else who's worked really, really hard to get to that point. <laughs> I, I just see that that could, that could backfire big time. All right, that, that's probably fair. That's probably fair. All right, then uh, I did want to ask you about some other players who maybe could uh, do with the move or might be on the move uh, this summer. Sure. We've already talked about Bobby Wood and Tyler Boyd. Uh, let's talk Timothy Weah for a second. Uh, was uh, strongly linked with a move to Lille, I think for like $10 million, $11 million, something like that. Uh, what's the latest you've heard there? Is that sort of still potentially in the works? I think it's potentially in the works. I think they're haggling about money. I mean, they're already starting to leak stories to the French media. Like, you know, PSG's not unhappy with Lil's offer. And, um, I mean, look, $10 million for Tim Way is, is, that's, that's a serious, serious, mm-hmm. um, uh, offer for, you know, for, you know, based on, you know, his play. Um, because he didn't really tear up PSG's reserves a couple of years ago. And, I mean, he hasn't really torn, he had a good World Cup, not, U20 World Cup, not a great U20 World Cup. So, I mean, um, you know, I, I think he's definitely going to be on the move. I think after, you know, the U20 World Cup, like, they, they kind of know what kind of offers they're going to get. So it's probably at a high point due to his young age in terms of what they can get for him. So uh, I think he'll end up there. You know, with the smoke, they're fire. I mean, everyone's kind of reporting that they're, that they're talking. It's just, they're, you know, I think it's just kind of haggling and we'll see. I mean, it wouldn't, be the first, it wouldn't surprise me if it fell apart, but I think you got to see Leo the favorite. All right. And then what about for Chris Gloucester? Uh, lots of news about maybe him staying, about maybe him going. What are your expectations for him this summer? Yeah, I, I think, you know, he's, he's in a good position right now. Um, he's young. He's, he's a left back. Um, 
that's a, that's a great position to be in. Um, you know, his lack of an EU passport obviously rules out like some really good options. Um, some to some countries. Uh, so it's a smaller pool. Uh, I think he probably has to stay within Germany. So now it's going to be, you know, it's going to be who's looking for a left back who's, you know, very good defensively in one V one situations and, and picks his right times to move forward. Um, I mean, I think, uh, he'll land in Germany somewhere. Um, and it's just a question of, uh, you know, if he stays there, if he, you know, could stay at HFB and, and or Hanover and do well. Um, but, uh, you know, that, that club's is not in a great situation. So <laughs> it's going to be interesting to see, but I think, I, I think he'll be, he'll stay within Germany. That's the best I could tell you. All right. Uh, Emmanuel Sabi, it sounds like also one likely to be on the move. That one, maybe a few yeah. more like concrete links we've, we've heard so far. Yeah. I've heard Bronby and, Anderlecht, mm-hmm. um, uh, which sounds about right. You know, Anderlecht is in a, is a hot mess right now. It's the first time I can remember them missing out on Europe. Um, uh, you know, Bronby obviously would know him very well. I mean, look, he he had a great start to the season. He had a big stretch in the season where he wasn't that great, and then he ended it very very well. I mean, he, but he's got some real physical gifts that I think they're always going to um, attract teams that believe that they can coach well and, and get the most out of players. So, um, you know, I think, you know, he's going to look for clubs that really like to play young players and sell them on and, and, and coach a lot and, and coach up to value. Um, so, you know, I think staying in Denmark would probably seems like it would make the most sense, but, you know, um, uh, especially towards one of the higher up teams. I think that that's probably the more believable route, but it wouldn't surprise me if he, if he found his way into either uh, Germany or uh, Belgium. All right, and final question for you. Um, is there one player that you would, uh, one American player that is, you would most like to see get a move this summer? Because there are, I think, several that I can think of who could maybe use a permanent move or at least a bit more playing time. Players like Emerson Hyndman, maybe Luca De La Torre, even Matt Miazga. Uh, it's hard to see him getting a lot of minutes at Chelsea this season. Then again, it's hard to know what is going to happen at all at Chelsea this season. So uh, I turn it to you. Who would you, or who are a couple players, if you want to go that route, who you would like to see uh, on the move? Well, you know, Miazga is going to take care of himself. Um, you know, you know some of those players. You know, you, you know, Miazga had a little hiccup in France. He really wasn't that long. He's done well most of his whole career. He's always going to land on his feet. But a player I want to see make a good move the most. So I still believe in his talent. It's just I don't think is Eric Palmer Brown. Um, ah. You know, I, I think people forget just how good he is and you know he's he's going on route and he's going to go on you know he's he's obviously signed to man city and um it wouldn't be the you know he's out so he's going to be going on loan to loan alone because he doesn't have the EU passport he can't get into england but i really think he's a very very good player um and uh you know unfortunately you know with these loan routes sign with a big club then go out on repeated loans we've seen this a lot with, with a bunch of american players you know it, it becomes really a test of agents and judgment and and getting these good loans where you can and knock Breda was in a terrible situation although eric really started to play well towards the end of the season despite being on a sinking ship um but i i would love to see him on a team that could really compete for something um you know, either in Belgium or in in Holland, because I think he'll remain in one of those two countries. He's been on loan to the teams in each country. And, um, yeah, I would love to see him in a situation where he could thrive because I think he's got such a massive upside. And, you know, with him not really playing with the U23s or him not even being on the 40-man preliminary roster, I think he's kind of slipped the mind of a lot of American fans. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I really do think he's a gem. And, um and, uh, you know, it's just a matter of, uh, of being in a situation where you can polish that off. Uh, yeah, I will, I will own the fact that he has completely slipped off my radar. So uh, your point is well taken, as are most of your points, Brian Sharetta. Thank you, as always, for joining us. Uh, what, what have you got coming up? What is your kind of coverage going to look like over the next couple months? Uh, where are you kind of uh, focusing uh, in terms of Americans abroad or national teams and youth national teams and all that good stuff? 
Yeah, I mean, I'm going to be doing a lot of that. I mean, I, I think, you know, I'll be on the Gold Cup beat. Uh, I just got back from Italy. I was abroad for a while, seeing family. And um, now it's, uh, uh, you know, it's I'm, I'm looking forward to really getting into the U23 team and, you know, the European preseason and following these moves and, and, uh, and then seeing also the youth movement in Major League Soccer, which has been very promising um, this, this year, uh, seeing those guys, these kind of players you know, get minutes um, that has been, I think there's like the 12 that have already played in the league that are eligible for the next U20 team, which is a, which is a phenomenal uh, rate um, by any standard, in, you know, um, across the world. So, you know, it, it's a matter of, um, you know, getting players minutes. Cause I think when they do that, like, you know, it's a numbers game in terms of getting these players to turn out. So, you know, domestically across the board, across the globe in Europe, like it's, it's interesting to see this next generation try to break through because we followed that missing years generation where it, where it didn't happen. So it's, it's interesting to see, um, you know, the approach towards trying to groom a better generation and, and that starts, you know, at home and then continues abroad with the cream of the crop. And it's all very, very important. Indeed. And I expect that you will keep your eye on it. Keep us all updated about those developments. Uh, how can people follow you? How can people find you? Oh, I'm I'm all over the place. Uh, American <laughs> soccer now. I'm 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 writing a lot for Soccer America these days too. And um, uh, I, I know they've done a they did they did an interview uh, about uh, about your show. Mm-hmm. So they that sh- they certainly did. I definitely everyone should everyone should check out Soccer America for that. Um, and then I'm on Twitter at Brian Sharetta. Um, and uh, you know you can always talk to me about anything really. Soccer or not soccer? <laughs> there we go. Well, I appreciate that. I appreciate your openness, and I appreciate the, the plug for the article. We very much appreciated Soccer America uh, taking the time to uh, to talk to Daryl. Daryl is usually better about responding to those types of requests, uh, and then <laughs> tells me afterwards, like, oh, hey, by the way, that interview is coming up. So well done to him. Well done to Soccer America. And well done to you, Brian. Thank you very much for taking the time. Anytime. Just let me know.